Hey guys, uh, before we recorded this episode, it was actually a couple of days before the passing of Ray Liotta. So uh, you're going to listen to this episode. It's going to sound like we're still talking about him in the present tense. It's going to maybe sound a little weird coming through it for, you know, through the eyes of someone a few months from when we recorded it. Uh, but when we recorded this, we did not know he had passed. It was a few days beforehand. Right. So no disrespect. Uh, we were pretty we were pretty bummed out when we heard about his passing. Uh, and, you know, it was I don't know. It, it was just it was just dumb luck that we did this movie. So, um, yeah. but we're, 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 I'm, I'm happy we did it so that you can at least, you know, if it's a movie you never heard of before, you can get into it and kind of catch some of Ray Liotta's other stuff other than Goodfellas. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, uh, rest in peace, Mr. Liotta. And, uh, and you know, that's all I got to say. Yep. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. They know the ins and outs of everywhere we're going. They will protect you. Horses, run! And they just like, <laughs> block. I was like, what? <laughs> I feel like I got a great break on a used car. <laughs> I, I, I thought that, was, that was a great, great quote. <laughs> this is war, Marcus. He's going to the bathroom. Are you in his house, you little psycho? Oh, get, the, get out of there. Look, it's a giant womb. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Hey there, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of 150 episodes for your listening pleasure. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Uh, You know, I just kept breaking out of different prisons. So they sent me to a supermax prison in the middle of a desert. Or was it a jungle or was it an ocean? Uh, it's definitely a, a, a jungle <laughs> island, I guess. Either way, now I'm now I'm vying between two different violent factions of prisoners and uh, trying to find my way out. Interesting. But unfortunately... There's no escape. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are talking about No Escape this week, not the 2020 film No Escape that starred, that uh, was directed by Will Wernick and starring Keegan Allen, not the 2015 No Escape that stars Owen Wilson, but in fact, the 1994 No Escape that stars Ray Liotta. Butler, before we get into the facts, I want you to let everyone know what it's about. A 21st century Marine convict sent to a remote island prison called Absalom lands in the midst of a war between two inmate factions. With corporations controlling the prison system, a ruthless prison warden has created the ultimate solution for his most troublesome inmates. However, for one man sent to Absalom, it doesn't mean the end. This is No Escape, or No Escape from Absalom, depending on what version of the movie you're watching. Well, what was the... Because the, I watched the German version, I believe the German version... I'm not sure. I know I saw Absalom in the title, but I don't remember what the first part of it. So No Escape has a runtime of 118 minutes. It's rated R. Production budget of $20 million. It came out on April 29th, 1994. That was a Friday. It's opening weekend. It did $4.5 million. Domestic 15.3 and worldwide 15.3. So not much difference. Or I mean, it came out internationally. So maybe those numbers are skewed. Sometimes these numbers are wrong. Sometimes I put these numbers in and they're just like flat out wrong. They just, they either don't, double check 
uh, on the site that I, I find the older, them. I think the older movies where they have to do research into what the worldwide gross is, they just didn't do it and they just copied the yeah. US gross. Right. So what did I say? So he, here we go. So I said that world domestic was 15.3, but on Wikipedia, it's total gross, which was it's worldwide is 22.4 million. That makes more sense. Yeah. Because there's no way this wasn't released elsewhere. Yeah, that's ridiculous. All right, anyways, <laughs> so the production company was Pacific Western and then Allied Filmmakers. It was distributed by Savoy Pictures in the United States, Canada, and the UK. And then Columbia TriStar Film Distributed International, that's a mouthful, released internationally. It was directed by Martin Campbell, which I did not realize looking back. Like not, I had seen this movie before. Oh, right, yeah. But I didn't really realize that. Directed by Martin Campbell, who did uh, GoldenEye, The Mask of Zorro, Casino Royale, that's a butler fave, mm -hmm. and Green Lantern. Uh, no one fave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I put it in there because you got to put it in there. He's got, an, he's, he's got one out now that came out. He did the protege. But he has another one that he either, did memory the yeah Lisa movie that, that just already, came out already gone at least yeah but I like I like Martin Campbell as a director so I'd still check it out you know Liam Neeson man he just cranks them out that's right written by Michael Galen and Joel Gross uh, Michael Galen has written nothing else this was it like, uh, nothing else and Gross has done some TV episodes for As the World Turns cinematography by Phil Mahu who's done Highlander to the Quickening and Ghost in the Machine. Entrapment and Edge of Darkness. Entrapment, I believe, is another Martin Campbell film. I uh, have to watch the guy. I remember watching it the first time and going, eh. Oh, no, it's eh. It's still eh. Okay. It's still eh. <laughs> Composer was Graham Revel, or Revel, excuse me. Uh, he's done Deadcom, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, and Pitch Black. Edited by Terry Rawlings, who was nominated for an Oscar for Cherries of Fire. He's also done Alien, U.S. Marshals, and Alien 3. Produced by Gail Ann Hurd, who has done The Abyss, among other things, Tremors. The Walking Dead TV show, and of course, Dante Speak, the better of Volcano movies. Uh, false, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Before I get to the cast, let me get to the uh, other movie releases in this time because I kind of skipped that a little bit, but I kept going. I didn't want to. I didn't want to stop. You so. had a, you were on a roll. You were on a roll. I, you can't yeah, stop. I hear you. you so, like, so before we get to the cast, like I said, this film came out on April 29th. It went up against in a wide release PCU. Did you see PCU? I know of PCU, but I don't think I've seen PCU it. has the line that you've probably heard this like, don't be the guy that you're going to be the guy that wears the shirt of the band you're going to go see. Don't yeah, be that okay. guy that's in there. Uh, it's Jeremy Piven's in that. Uh, David Spade plays one of the bad guys, the bad, uh, he's supposed to be part of the Young Republicans type thing. I've seen some yeah, of that. Uh, maybe I have seen it. It's, okay, it's yeah. a. I don't want because I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh my God, it's, it's, the, it's a great film. It's a good film. It's funny. It's just, it's almost very cult classic-y kind of okay, thing. Yeah. yeah, you should definitely check it out. With Honors, it's not cult classic at all. Uh, <laughs> and The Favor. In a limited release, you also had Martin Lawrence, You So Crazy, which was a comedy show. And then When a Man Loves a Woman, which is the Andy Garcia Meg Ryan getting divorced movie. That was very sad. On May 6th, a week after, in a wide release, you had Three Ninjas Kick Back, a Butler fave. And then Clean Slate, the Dana Carvey film, where he couldn't remember. I think that's the same one where like Memento, like each day he woke up and he didn't remember. Oh, he doesn't remember yeah. And then a limited release, Being Human and Dream Lover. And then the week before, the 22nd of April, you had a wide release of Bad Girls. That is the Western with Madeline Stowe in the lead. Uh, Brain Scan and then Chasers and the limited release of The Inkwell. You don't remember any of these films, do you? Uh, Chasers sounds familiar. So 94 was probably the, I started working at the theater in 93. 
90, April 94 is probably my year. Um, I've been there a year. I don't know if, I don't remember if No Escape came, was at my theater, but I do remember a lot of these films. I think I know Brain Scan also. <laughs> well, Brain Scan's like a future horror film. Like a yes, I have seen film. Brain Scan. Yeah. So I do remember working these films, some of these films. Um, definitely, I think we had PCU, but I'm not sure. Anyways, let's get to the cast. This film stars Ray Liotta as Robbins. He is in Goodfellas, Copland, Narc, and Smoking Aces. Lance Henriksen as the father, which I actually forgot he was in this film until I started watching it. He's obviously from Aliens, Near Dark, which is an episode we did, Pumpkinhead, mm-hmm. Jagged Edge, and the TV show Millennium. Stuart Wilson as Merrick. He is the, I didn't realize he was the bad guy in Lethal Weapon 3. Uh, he's also in The Mask of Zorro mm-hmm. and Hot Fuzz. He Mask of Zorro, he plays Don, uh, the bad guy, I think, or the guy he, that he takes over or something like that. He does. He plays yeah. the guy that- Raffaello, takes, Don Raffaello. Don Raffaello, yeah. yeah. Raphael, yeah. He, he steals uh, Zorro's daughter. Right, right. Kevin Dillon as Casey. He's in the TV show Entourage. As soon as he came on the screen, I yelled victory. Okay. Uh, he's also in The Blob, which we covered on our show, yep. podcast many seasons ago. And the movie Poseidon, which is basically the remake of the Poseidon Adventure. And Kevin J. O'Connor is Stefano, they call him in here, or Stefano? Stefano, right? Stefano, yeah. He is in Peggy Sue Got Married, Steel Magnolias, Virtuosity, which was an episode we did. And of course, The Mummy. Don Henderson is Killian. Where's Don Henderson from, Butler? Well, he's from Star Wars. There you go. He's in Star Wars. He's the one that first gives Vader some attitude and uh, gets choked out for it. Invader takes care of him. He's also in Brazil, which was another episode we did, and The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Ian McNee says King. He's from the TV, from t- excuse me, not the TV show. He's from Top Secret, Ace Ventura, From Hell, another episode. Mm-hmm. Forgotten Cinema, Valkyrie, another Forgotten Cinema episode, and the TV show Rome. Yep. Jack Shepard. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to say something about No, Ian I McNeese? forgot he was in Rome. Jack Shepard is Dysart. He's in The Golden Compass. Charlotte Gray in the TV show Wycliffe. Michael Lerner as The Warden. Uh, nominated for an Oscar for Barton Fink. He's also an Eight Men Out, Newsies, and Godzilla. And then finally, Ernie Hudson as Hawkins. Obviously, everybody knows him from Ghostbusters. He's also in Leviathan, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, and Congo, to name a few. He's Ernie Hudson's got a lot of credits. He's in a lot of stuff, which yeah, is cool. I like Very Ernie cool. Hudson. No, I, I don't have a problem with Ernie Hudson at all. Yeah. He's actually, what is he in now? He's in something that's new, though, right? That I think we just talked about the movie. We just talked about some new movie, that, and I know he's in it. Yeah, whatever. He's in a new movie. He wow. does movies. He does do movies. Uh, he's also going to be in the Untitled Quantum Leap sequel. No, that's what it was. That's what I it didn't was. know that. He got Herbert Magic Williams is yeah. his character's name. Uh, well, I will not watch that. I have to. You have to. This is what I told. This is what I told my wife today. I said, someone's going to have to tell me after three seasons, it's great. And I need to watch it because I'm not going to watch it. You I'm, have I'm to. I'm not going to watch you it. Have to. No, I don't have to. You have to. I don't have to do anything. You have to. I don't have to do anything. I have no choice. No, I do have a choice. It's <laughs> not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm going to have to leap into your body that it's and not make my, you watch it. Not my quantum leap. Hashtag not <laughs> my quantum leap. Ziggy says there's a 98.7 no, we'll chance. Not do it. That you got to get Mike we'll to watch the quantum leap TV series or else you can't leave home. Will not happen. Will not do it. But anyways, we're talking about no escape. One last note before we get into it. Uh, this movie is based on the novel The Penal Colony by Richard Hurley. So this is a 1987 novel. And in the novel, the British government runs a prison island for convicts for its mainland prisons. On, those, on these islands, new arrivals are dumped on there by helicopters where they have to learn how to survive. There's satellites that keep watch on them, which is very similar to the film. Somewhat similar. There's a man named Anthony John Rutledge. Wrongly convicted of a sex murder, which he didn't do. Uh, I love this. Wrongly convicted, which he didn't do. Obviously, it's the same thing. He's dumped <laughs> on cert. 
That's the name of the island. A prison island off the North Cornish coast. Obviously, this is a British uh, book. And he soon learns not all the convicts on the prison island are savage and discovers a community of resourceful men led by one man. And he sets out to forget the rules of living a civilized life. So I don't know if it's as violent as the movie. Yeah, the summary made right. it kind of seem like a... Kind of a redemption A man coming to nature, getting yeah. in touch with nature kind of a novel, yeah. So I had seen this film. Uh, when I watched this film back in the day, I remember, like, I, I think I was surprised how much I liked it, that I enjoyed some of it. I enjoyed the action. I enjoyed, I, I mean, I have notes now. Obviously, I've, I'm not going to say I, I don't hate it. I do feel a bit differently than I did back then. But that's just because of I've got 30 years of watching films under my belt here. I'm curious what you thought about it because you had never seen it before. Never seen or heard of it. Interesting. So this is it. So go ahead. What do you think? My main note about this movie is that this is a 1994 movie that feels like it's a 1984 movie. Mm -hmm. Like there were a couple of times where I had to go back and went, did I read 1994 right? It feels like, I feel like this movie would have been as it is a much better film had released a decade earlier, but in 1994 already kind of shows some of the cheese. Are you saying that the look of it felt like an 80s film? The look of it, the the... way it's filmed, the way the sound is, there's a lot of it that's kind of steeped in, um, that kind of dystopian sci-fi of the mid eighties. And we're talking 1994 when a lot of other classic, you know, sci-fi things have come out in the early nineties. And this is kind of like, okay, it's, it's okay. But I think it's overlooked because of it's, it's kind of like an aged movie, even for them. Um, but there are a lot of parts of this that I do really like, but there's a lot of, this is, this is a far from perfect film, but I think this movie especially the fact that no one knows about it anymore is ripe for a remake or even like a, I always say series, but this is the cool <laughs> concept for like a, a television show. Well, like it's a, it, the concept of this film is better than the execution of this film. I'll say, I don't know if I would be into a TV show that, because it would, Obviously, they're trying to get off the island. The problem is that they're there for a specific reason. They're all murderers. They're like all, you know I like I mean? that part of the but movie. But yeah. there's no one that should go anywhere. And I know there's a part in the movie where they're talking about how everything that's happened on the island and, and the father, the father, uh, Lance Henderson character, mm-hmm. you know, hands him that book. Everyone should know the truth. But um, but it's like, well, what is what did they do? Explain to me, like, what the warden did that was so bad I, i'm not saying there isn't anything he didn't do but like what is the problem like you are you guys are on this island because you would not last in any other prison you're savages there's a reason why you're there just because that we're in one section of this island where the the men have become have decided to try to become civilized they're all there for a reason they sure. all were uncivilized in civilization but they're not supposed to be left in the island that's why there's not supposed to be heat signatures they're supposed to be in the prison sure well, but but what's the? But he just dumps them if they're too troublesome for him. He just dumps them. Right. And he goes, eh, I'm not dealing with this. Eh, okay. One of the things I wanted to bring up before we get into it a little bit more is the title card that opens the film. I love the title card. In the year 2022. Oh wait, shoot, that's us. We're in that year <laughs> right now. The international prison system is operated by private corporations. Wait, what? Uh, that's pretty much on track. Criminals from all over the world are exploited at a profit. Not yet. Prisons have become <laughs> big business. That's basically the title true, card. Yeah. And I'm reading it going, we're almost there. <laughs> it's already true. They are big business. There's a prison that had to close down um, last year because they didn't have enough inmates. Mm-hmm. So they had to shut it down because they weren't making a profit. So the company shut down <laughs> yeah. the prison. Shocker. So, all right. Uh, I get what you're saying. 
in terms of the feel of it, uh, the the idea of the film in terms of it being a good idea. Mm-hmm. But we've seen these type of films before. We've seen the or I shouldn't say. I mean, I'm trying to think of The Prisoner, the old English film, English TV show. Right. And they did that into a movie, right? They did that into a, they tried to remake that as a show. That's kind of some, not completely similar, but so that the concept is out there. Even like Escape from New York. I was going to say Escape from New York is very much like this. The idea of like a prison system that becomes its own society. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the video game, you know, uh, Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay, which is a, a great video game. I won a bunch of awards that year deals with this as well. This whole, the future of prisons or for, for profit, mm-hmm. you know, co- corporation kind of a thing. There's a TV movie that came out the same year, new called new Eden. It was on the sci-fi channel when it, before it was S Y F Y. It was actually S I S C I dash F I channel. With a little like sat, uh, Saturn symbol. <laughs> yeah. Prisoners were dumped on a desert planet and they find themselves fighting for survival against the nomadic sand people. So whatever that is. Sounds like Dune. But speaking of that, speaking of the desert planet, the beginning of this film, he's on a train. That's what I, that's what I'm trying, I tried to say at the beginning of it. It yeah. was like red planet. I thought they were on Mars. I assume like I always knew it was earth, but then when I saw the opening, I started doubting myself. Right. And I was just like, I don't know where they are now. I thought the same thing. It looked like Mars. I was like, wait, are they not on Earth anymore? Are they trying to say that sections of the Earth have, because of climate change, have burned up? Okay, fine. But you never bring it up. And they're on the island and the island looked great. The island's (laughs) like 12 minutes away. The island's super close by. Yeah. So that's why I was confused about it's in a desert, but it's not on a desert. Mm -hmm. The super. It was a little little weird kind of figuring that out. Um, Yeah. So then that that, that note about the, the, the TV movie. Uh, kind of reminded me of that. This, this is also similar to a Robert Heinlein short story called Coventry, which features a protagonist who is a convict sent to a futuristic penal system, which is the wilderness and the inhabitants have split off into two warring factions. And there's actually a same father figure. They call it, they call him fodder, like Vader. <clears throat> uh, so <laughs> they, so kind of very similar to that as well. I read that too. And yeah. I was like, well, then this is a ripoff. <laughs> That's come on. Um, <laughs> uh, well, what did you think of, what did you think of the, let's put it, what did you think of the outsiders versus the, uh, the insiders? Is that what they call them? The village? Yeah. What did you think of that concept? I like the concept. However, the outsiders were, are so above, like, repro- I mean, I know they're supposed to be like the worst of the worst. They keep escaping, but that's another thing. If they keep escaping prisons, that's what we're supposed to assume. All these prisoners. Right. Some of the ones, people in the outsiders are so dumb. There's no way they could uh, escape all these different prison systems. Mm-hmm. Like I believe that Merrick could absolutely, but the other ones are just kind of like just lunatics and just mm-hmm. madmen. They're not like Batman villains, like super genius. They're morons, mm-hmm. uh, but they're also a little bit too violent where I don't believe they could even form a, a light society like the outsiders. I just don't believe that they would ever get together as a group. They're also violent, but not violent enough for me. Not that I need to, see this in the film but stuff's gonna happen on there like they they only bring up cannibalism once and that is at the end when uh he kills off the when the character of casey casey is killed which we'll get into casey a little bit later uh and they said oh don't worry we're not nothing goes to waste here we're gonna cook him up or whatever and that's Uh, he mentions they mentioned cannibalism earlier do they one other time but but it's never (sighs) 
It's like, never shown or implied. Right. Like yeah. I would think that there's some of these people that are just going to go really savage. Yeah, for sure. And they're not going to, and maybe like those are the people you don't, like kind of like the the, the Reavers from uh, Serenity Firefly, and Firefly. Yeah. Like there's, there are, there. I don't believe that there's two factions. Like you said, and they talk about what the outsiders, you talked about how there's different groups of uh, factions within the outsiders, yeah. but they never, yeah, you exactly. don't see any of them. They never talk about it. He talks about, it's brought up briefly by Robbins about if he ever gets the five, if he ever gets them all to come together, you're going to be in trouble. And then maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes later, you He's get a, a bag scene, with their heads. He walks out with their heads and, but there's no really visceral reaction on the audience part because we have never met these people. Yeah. We don't know about this meeting. We don't even know what separates the factions. There's no, like kind of like in gangs in New York, you have the dead rabbits and you have all, you know, right. you don't have any of that. And I just think that that would really be in there. You would have a group of guys that are just looking, I mean, you, the, the possibility of being brutally raped on this Island is, is a serious possibility that is that never, never brought up at all. Even right. though it's a prison Island, right? You yeah. are letting them do whatever they want and whatever they want is going to be limitless because these guys are just violent as hell. Yeah. And that's never brought up. And I just, like I said, I'm not sitting watching this movie going, I need to see all that, but I know that that's a pot. That's a real possibility. The threat of that needs to be more on screen. Right. right? And you don't get any of that. You don't get a scene. Like I think when they released the first guy mm-hmm. for falling asleep at his post. Yeah. I need to see him get murdered. You should see what happens to I him. I should see him running through a forest and getting murdered and like seeing the aftermath of maybe Merrick then cut to Merrick eating what looks like chicken and talking about how delicious that You need was. to have that. And then Merrick's talking with his warlords. You need at least one scene with the other warlords talking to Merrick. And you need to, I need to see Merrick really be in charge because I don't believe that he just walks around doing whatever he wants, cutting off people's heads and just- and people listen to him because he doesn't have, he maybe has two guys every once in a while that walk around him. He right. needs to have like a brute force around him with him. Rush, yeah. Like very much like, I keep referencing other films when I do this, but very much like Dennis Hopper in Waterworld mm-hmm. where he has his group of men around him that enforce what he wants done. Yeah. And he, you know, like, like in, in Waterworld, like he enslaves all those people down, down low so that they are part of the boat. He basically controls them. Merrick doesn't control anybody. No, He's all said, lawless monsters right. he says like oh you're gonna get the drop when you get it you know when they drop the food but you never see that you just see the helicopter once you never see his power yeah. and i so i don't i just don't understand the only time you see his power is when he cuts off the only character in the movie who that, stands up to him who but who looks like a scary <clears throat> oh, sob yeah. with a, the sharpened teeth and the tattoos he's yeah. on the poster and he does nothing in the film nope he gets immediately murdered. Yeah. So I there there's a little I I just wanted more there. I just wanted to feel because I think if I feel like the outsiders are a real serious threat and right. I'm concerned about them, then that makes me concerned about Robbins in the other camp and the people in the other camp and what's right. going to happen if they charge and rush them. And it's it doesn't really I'm watching it and I have no connection to them. You need to have more of an understanding on how the hierarchy works. Yeah. You get an understanding of the village, but you don't with the outsiders. Mm-hmm. They're just supposed to be some brutal force that's controlled by this charismatic guy who controls them through jokes. Mm-hmm. He's not even the toughest guy in there. He at no point shows that he's the toughest guy. Right. No, you, you, you just kind of, it's hinted at, and then we're led to believe, well, uh, trust me, he's really tough. 
You know, and, and I'd want to know why he was sent to the prison. Yeah. Maybe give me his backstory. He killed 45 people or this, that, and that. Yeah. He ate people. I don't know. Something. Yeah. yeah. You kind of get only with Casey. You kind of get, and, 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 that's the other and thing. father. Casey's supposed to be this. They're all supposed to be, have escaped so many other prisons yeah. that this is the last resort for them. Casey would never be on that island. Casey can't kill anybody. He's never hurt anybody. Yeah. He's an accessory to a kidnapping and murder. Yeah. Well, yeah, he'd never be there. It doesn't make any sense. You, it, that was, you had to create a, a, a sympathetic character that I guess Robbins could want to take care of. Yeah. But, and then we would root for, but you knew you were being set up for what would happen to Casey. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this kid has not escaped different prisons <laughs> ever. One thing about America I wanted to go to, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. I'm going to make a case that America's related to Bennett from Commando because he dresses <laughs> like Bennett and he dies like Bennett. That's true. <laughs> but he's not Australian like Bennett. That's just true. But he's still wearing that chain mail. He is wearing that shirt. That's the other thing is like the village outfits are all like stitched together, put together. The outsiders clearly have a costume designer <laughs> painting everything black and getting yeah. like Halloween costume stuff. Yeah. Didn't make any sense. Yeah. The skull masks that are made of skulls that aren't human are definitely it, demons. It, I, it, well, yeah. And that is another thing too. We only see the, uh, I want to say in the, in the outsiders camp, I see one goat and in the insiders, I see some pigs and turkeys and that's it. I never see any other kind of wildlife anywhere. Yep. And are we supposed to assume they ate all the wildlife? Like, and when I see that goat in the in the outsiders camp, I'm like, that please, they would have already eaten that. Yeah, they'd so, be fighting over it every right. time. I, so I did. Well, they also showed them eating rats. A lot of rats, apparently. Well, the rats were covering Ray Liotta, but then uh, they're eating rats when the outsiders start fighting over here. Uh, one guy steals the rat too. Oh yeah, no, but yeah. well, when yeah, when in the insiders camp, like you said, they're eating that oatmeal. Look, that stuff basically that looks like from the, the Matrix. Matrix. Yeah, yeah. they're eating that, and that's supposed to be rat. But here's the other thing: they're living on the 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 water. They don't eat fish. There's no fish. Ca- I mean, I, I just there, there's just so many questions. I mean, I you have. have to assume that they're eating that fish because they have like a dock and stuff going. Yeah, out, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I assume they have nets going. They have nets there. That's got to be what all those posts and I never, poles are for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you think that that insider's camp was impenetrable? Like, like how is it taking this long for the outsiders to break in? Absolutely not. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the wall only goes so far. <laughs> it's 600 to 100 to 98, actually. 600 to 98. I'm, yeah. Like, you could easily have just overrun that. But, I mean, I don't know. Plus the drop. So Merrick gets the drops. So he's in. He has an in with the warden as well. Well, there's. We could talk about. Why don't we talk about that? Then why don't we talk about the character of King? Because you find out later, Ian Meanies' character. He's called King. And I guess you're supposed to assume he's the pastor or the priest of the insiders camp. I never really assumed that. He's got the cross. holding on to religion. But yeah. He's also a germaphobe. He he does that. Uh, he has that little, you know, make sure you don't get, uh, what was it? What did you call it? Trench mouth. Trench, Trench mouth. mouth. Yeah. Yep. You find out that he is a mole for the warden. Right. And you don't understand wh- how he was placed on the island, why he was placed on the island. I mean, like Butler said before, he's supposed to be this killer that escaped from, you know, couldn't be handle any of the prisons and he's there. Okay. Whatever. Why is he in the insiders camp? Like, why is the warden siding with the outsiders? Like he, there, there's no, does somebody in the insiders camp have information on the warden? Like, okay. Are we supposed to assume that the father, I mean, the father's got his journal, but what's but, the, but what, we don't know what's in there. You just, you have to assume it's just a list of the atrocities that right. have happened, but the outsiders would probably have that same kind of knowledge. Sure. You have but, to silence everybody on the Island. Exactly. 
doesn't make any sense. Or maybe because Merrick's not trying to leave. Right. Because the outsiders are just content with being there and murdering people. Right. I, I, I don't understand. I didn't understand why the mole was in the, in the camp. Maybe so to stop them from, from escaping if they were ever trying to escape. Oh, definitely to stop the boats. But then you should have a mole in the outsiders camp too. You should have a mole. You should have a bunch of people there that, that report to you. Also King. So King is the mole had just been tipping everybody off. Right. So that the warden sends a boat and they destroy the boats, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Why then at the end, other than for the convenience of getting himself caught immediately and losing his cross, which how do you miss that big wooden thing gone? <laughs> you go and you murder one of the other villagers. But why would you be that sloppy? He's so sloppy about that final act just so that, oh, movie's wrapping up. We got to know who the mole is. Yeah. Well, it almost like I, I, I forgot about it a, a little bit because we were dealing with you know, the outsiders and all that right. stuff. And we we're dealing with that final battle. And I totally forgot about the mole. And then they had the explosion and, and like you said, and, the, and die start getting stabbed. And then, yeah. And then like, Oh crap, that's right. There's a mole. And then it also like, you, and that's probably because, okay, now they're going to get off the Island. Exactly. Now right. convenience of plot. Now we right. got to have him do something stupid. Right. It, it, agreed. It was a little, <laughs> I understand that Robin's the whole reason why Robin's wants to get off the Island is because, um, and, and I actually, and maybe this can lead into some positives for us. Cause I know we've gone a little negative here. Mm-hmm. Is I actually like the way the movie starts off, where it's just the three, the general and the three, and the two men sitting there, and you see the title credits, and all of a sudden you see battalions walking by and marching the army battalions. Right. And one guy steps out, supposed to Ray Liotta, and shoots General right in the yep. head. I actually like that opening; it's a really cool opening. Yep. So the reason why that happens is because Robbins led a helicopter, helicopter unit, battalion, yeah, yeah, right, that basically eviscerated this village, killed like all these women and children, three hundred and forty-two yeah. women, and children. he knew that there, he knew that they weren't going to a place that was highly like it was, it was it's the intel was supposed to be but, right, yes, yeah, but he bunk. knew going in, and he was just following orders, and he basically he has PTSD in this movie. That's his whole thing. He is um, suffering from PTSD because he gets flashbacks and. He's got shame and self blame, and he's you know he's got guilt, and that's why he's so angry in this film. But his whole thing about he needs to get off the island, he needs to escape all these he prisons. Wants to tell the truth of what happened there. He wants to let everybody know why what happened because they covered it up. Yeah. So that's his whole reason for for escaping the island. I want to throw this to you. Do we need that? I like that. See, I would because like it more that I he like accepts that his position on. He would he would accept that. His place in the world on the island. Uh, I don't know if I'd. I like that he doesn't because you're waiting for him to become the new father. Mm-hmm. And I like that in the end he doesn't. He sticks to what his original plan was. And I like that he's not trying to leave for any corny reason of I just want to be free mm-hmm. or I got a wife and kid back home. Mm-hmm. Like nothing that's like oh, it's been seen before, done before. It's I want to expose this terrible thing that happened to me that the government's covering up mm-hmm. and it kind of mirrors the father wanting to also get the information out there there and uh and i think i like that scene where they have a coming together of ideas and the father's like i understand why you wanted to get your truth out mm-hmm. because that's why i need to get off the island but i just don't know what father's truth is that's my point it's just that's everything's happening in the prison population i don't i don't think it's far-fetched to believe in the future i know this is 2022 <laughs> but it was 1994 i don't believe it's far-fetched in the future that they find islands and they just like that's you, you know criminals that overcrowded prisons they don't know what to do with these people they're lifers but they're not maybe they're not necessarily dangerous that they do this they put them on an island be like we'll do supply drops but you you can live what you can live you can make your own civilization see you later sure but that's not what no, no, no. It has uh, been expected. I'm not saying I'm yeah. not writing the rewriting this movie. I'm just saying I doesn't that that's not that plausibility of that 
I don't, I buy the insiders camp. And then maybe you have the outsiders in terms of like, you just put the violent people on it just to see what happens. That's where probably your, maybe my movie would begin, but I'm not rewriting this. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't, I, the idea of using an Island that's far, far away, they can't leave, they can't escape. And you're just like, see you later. We don't want to deal with it. Anymore. Right, all right. So we shut down New York city, right? <laughs> and then we use all of Manhattan as a uh, prison complex. But then they kidnapped the president's daughters. Can we include a basketball scene like in Escape from LA? <laughs> we're, we're, we're in. There are no female characters in this movie, Butler. Do we, uh, do we like that? I like that. That would add uh, an aspect of... They couldn't even be at the prison? Sexual... I got you. I that would, that you would, that, do, you'd have to you, deal with sexual You would violence. have to deal with that on the... Yep. And it's something yep. that... Especially in prison movies, you see over and over and over. Well, again. it's and I just it's think not that would needed. slow down your movie. Yeah, it's not needed. You don't. It's a distraction. It's not the, the movie. It's the not film. the story you're telling. Yeah, and you're right. It would add an, another element to the movie that you, you probably don't want. Even though I just sat here 20 minutes ago saying that I wanted to see. Oh, between the guys, yeah. you need that as the extra yeah. added hint That's, of yeah. violence happening. Mm-hmm. But to have that, and then like, oh, we got to protect these women. No, we got to use these women as chattel and. You know, one of the women would fall. It would get, Ray yeah, it would get, you know what? It would get real stupid real fast. Yeah. It would. Yeah. I, I, that's, uh, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the music? It was okay. Yeah. I think it was a little 1980s. Like I said, I think that helped me help place it a little too early than it. I, thought I like Ram Ravel, but I thought know. it was a little inconsistent. Um, the the opening music in the beginning, I felt like I was watching an episode of Jake and the Fat Man. Yeah, like it, it felt was very much really like an eighties TV like movie two, show, yeah. TV show. And then at some point, there's like this twangy guitar that just pops in there for some reason, and I just I just wasn't a fan of the choices. It wasn't a, a nothing. Nothing in the in the score was really memorable. Um, yeah. I really dug it. Really added to anything, and for whatever reason, I just wasn't into it. Um, but that's probably why you, you know the same reason you're talking about. It feels like an eighties. Feels like nineteen eighty four, yeah. even though it's ninety four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the opening. That was probably when I typed my first note about that. Was the music in the opening scene? Right. It's like mm, it just doesn't fit. Right. What about the nuclear gun that uh, they're fighting? Is that what that is? It's a huge fucking rocket launcher. It's like ridiculous. He uses it once at the end because he tricks all the outsiders to come into the into the insiders camp, and they're all sitting there chilling, and then he just blows them all up. Right. Well, most of them. Yeah, Merrick survives, even though he gets a direct hit with the, the <laughs> rocket. I know. It's like, <laughs> all right. The other thing was too, when they all come in, they left, when they all inside left, they left their pigs, they left their turkey, they left their food. Yeah. And, and Robin's blew it all up. So I don't get that either. I Me, mean, yeah, yeah. That was a little stupid. <laughs> I do like that the, uh, the pig is just taking a piss like right there. Yeah. It must've been like the perfect shot. They must've had that shot. Like, oh man, it's peeing. Get it. Get it. <laughs> Total shots. Great. I can't believe we got that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it was, I mean, the gun's nice. It's definitely futuristic. I just don't know how it fires. Like uh, it doesn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It kind of has a wind up and like this huge buzz. Right. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like the sound weapon or maybe activate a satellite weapon or something. Well, they took it apart in the beginning of the movie as if they were going to use all the pieces and then he Robbins puts it back together. Like, Oh, I they didn't do anything. Was just, uh, just cleaning it. Like, a, no, I thought he was putting it together. Cause they had taken it apart. And then he said something about it wasn't working. And he was talking about, Oh, just use a corn husk. He was doing, oh, yeah. right. Right. Yeah. For the gun. But gun. I didn't see a corn husk. So I don't know if that was done. Cause then you code it in the, uh, the metal, right? <laughs> Isn't that what he said? Let's give, give some reasons why some of these people did this movie. 
Uh, Martin Campbell turned this movie down twice, but took the job, according to the 2021 podcast, The Movies That Made Me with Josh Olson, saying that he needed money to buy a house. It's a good reason. I, I'm okay with that reason. Uh, Ray Liotta did this film because he wanted to play an action. He wanted to be in an action film and he wanted to play the heroic character. So that's why he did this film. I, I read that note and I was like, that makes sense. But I was like, you know, this is four years removed from Goodfellas, which is like blows up and you've been in a bunch of films. So, well, not really a bunch, but. It's but again, too he's, far removed from that. He's oh, he's so pigeonholed as the character. He is. Fellas, though. I, I, you know what? I, I really like Ray Liotta. Some of his finest work is in the Chantix commercials. But I, I really <laughs> like Ray Liotta. But he is the he's in Copland, and Copland is only seven years after this, or three years after this film, and he's so different. And oh, I don't yeah. know what happened, but like you said, maybe he was pigeonholed. Maybe, I, maybe he just wasn't getting along with people. I don't know. But like he was. I think he could have been in so much other stuff. I think maybe people just kind of were like, eh, let's move on. Maybe they didn't like his look. I don't know, but he, I mean, he does have like a different kind of look for a leading man. Right. But I think he did a really good job in this film. No, I, I think I've never had a problem with Ray Liotta on screen. Never. Like I wasn't watching this. I like, he kind of sells me as the, uh, the heroic lead. Yeah. No, I, like I said, I've never had a problem with him on screen. I like Ray Liotta. He's everything he's in. He's solid. I just don't get why he, didn't blow up like you know maybe other people did right i agree i think maybe i think you know hollywood what he did was great and i think that pigeonholed him maybe in the early 90s to the point where i mean he probably couldn't get away from that like maybe Maybe his agent sucked maybe now he can get away with it but everybody else was like nope I don't want. I don't want that. He's going to play a mob um, guy. That's but maybe it. his agent wasn't a good agent and didn't sell him right. Oh, sure, could be that too. I mean, he was able to get this role, but maybe nobody wanted to play this role. Well, maybe Martin Campbell turned know. it down two times. But Ernie Hudson said he took this role because he wanted to get as far away from civilization as he could because he did the film The Crow, and obviously, if you know the history of The Crow, uh, Brendan Lee died during the making of The Crow. Sure. So Ernie Hudson took that a little hard, and he just wanted to get away from it all, which I can understand. If he was in, especially if he was in the same scene as that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that was. I remember that. That's a good movie, too. The Crow's a good film, and that was tough. I remember that. 400 extras played The Outsiders, Butler. I appreciate that. Just oh yeah, all actually those, yeah. having people in the mm-hmm. scenes. Yeah. yeah. The uh the fight the first battle sequence on Christmas. Mm-hmm. I thought that was also how do they really know it's Christmas? They're just kind of guessing. I mean, uh, yeah. it's kind of tough to keep track of the days at that point. I mean, I know that because I, I know our episode for Oblivion just came out. Uh, and I know that in there I make a lot of points about how I need to see things on film and on the screen in order to believe things. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. Can I get one shot of somebody marking off a calendar? Can I get one shot of somebody like, well, it's this time of year, like something. Can I get something like that? And the, here's the other thing, too. There's a lot of stuff that washes up on shore on this island. Like, a, like where are they where like they get tons of like sweet primo trash <laughs> on this island where we're in the at Christmas. He has got oh, all loads of bubble gum. Yeah. Just washed I, up. I, the entire like this Christmas. is just convenient that we've got all this stuff washing up on shore. Got to be in the middle of Pacific Ocean, like the like. Asian Pacific, uh, I would imagine. They filmed in far north Queensland, Australia. Mm -hmm. But I could swore from my one of my notes is is this one of my notes at the end was like, is this Isla Nublar or Sona? Are we are we on Jurassic (laughs) Park? I thought I thought it looked like that, but they did not. Oh, when they fly over into the cracks. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, oh shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> By the way, uh, in order to save money on my dinosaur island, we also are sharing it with this prison penal colony. <laughs> well, I mean, this was filmed in 93, May 93 to August 93. Jurassic Park was already up by then. I mean, I would think it would be a hot place to shoot. The electric fences are not just to keep the dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> So the other titles for this film, as we talked about before, I have The Penal Colony, The Prison Colony, Escape from Absalom. And Absalom 2022. I feel like Absalom 2022 will be the name of the TV series if it came out in a couple of years. <laughs> mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know. We'll see when I talk it out in the writers' room. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll <laughs> listen too. Who are you, kid? Get out of here. <laughs> Get the heck out of here. Listen, I'll make my Netflix deal. Let's talk about Casey. Do you? Let, we talked a little bit briefly about how Casey's backstory. He was a. Um, uh, the driver for a kidnapping of these two kids and he took care of the two kids and apparently they died and they didn't really tell you what happened, but they died. Uh, you don't know like how they, they suffocated. Died. Yeah. I kept telling him they couldn't breathe. So he, he was convicted of that along with whoever did it. He went away. Do we like, we talk about how we don't believe he should be in the sound, but do we like Casey and do we like Kevin Dillon playing Casey? I liked Casey up until I mean, A, he's got like this, I'm going to bond with this guy for no reason. I'm going to be his friend. Maybe he just can't find any other friend on the island, but I don't think so. It seems like everyone's kind of friendly with Casey. But maybe Casey's just friends with everybody, and he's got to make friends with the new guy. I don't buy it at the end when he goes with Robbins, or not with Robbins, but sneaks in with Robbins to the outsider's camp and gets himself captured. I thought that was all really stupid, all Mm -hmm. just like, yep. They're writing, this has got to be written in. You got to have this in the movie. But it just seemed like such a, this has to be in here for plot. Well, it has to be in, in there Casey, for plot. Yeah. Case becomes a plot device where I liked him better as the plot device of Robbins having someone to fight for. Right. Having something to right his wrongs almost. And then Casey just becomes this plot device. To, he, he become, well, he becomes a plot device for one reason, two reasons. One, to further the story, like you say at the end where... um. You know, like he Robbins can escape and all that stuff, yeah. but also so that he's a distraction. So Robbins can do whatever he needs to do, but get in the distributor cap. Or like he becomes like, a, he, I'm like, he's annoying, but he's a good distraction. Like he distracted everybody. So be agreed. As soon as he leaves the colony, the insider's colony and, and meets uh, Robbins out for take me with you. He was on a path to die. Like you knew yep. that was happening. Uh, and it's. It kind of shortchanges the character because you, you, he's the only character you really get to know. You do get to know a little bit about Dysart and get to know about father, even Hawkins a little bit, but yeah, it's Casey's the it one you kind of get yeah. the most with Robbins and Casey's you just kind of you want to survive right. at the end. Do you, you, know, do you care? Do you I care? Like Casey. I don't care. I don't care about any of these things <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Uh, but I do want to see, like, if any of them survived, you know, it should have been Casey. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he sealed his fate when he goes, oh, take me with you. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? You don't know how to do anything. You were hiding behind a, a fence the entire time. Yeah, take me with the you. Outriders, even, the though you ju- there. even though you admitted you haven't killed anybody and you couldn't do anything and you were, you were, you know, paralysis on the, on the, on top of the fence yeah. trying to fight. So, but now you wanted to take you with you and then he can, he, why would he want you? Why would you think he would want you to join him? Yeah. It's yeah. stupid. Mm-hmm. And then he goes anyway, and he's like half dead just from walking through the forest. Yeah, I thought he got beat up when he came down. I was like, did they already get him? I don't get this. And I, I don't think he was a necessary distraction either. I think Robbins could have just thrown oh, a piece of no, meat in the middle of these, these monsters. But that that's what he became. He became oh, a distraction. Sure. I, yeah, agreed. I, but I, I think maybe the case could be made that a lot of these characters were only skin deep 
Like even like Dysart, like he's the one that gets the glasses because he's the brainiac guy. Nobody right. else on the island needs glasses. Nobody else has bad eyesight. No one else can read. <laughs> no, I love that. I need someone who can read. We can someone who can yeah. read and, and fly I, a helicopter. I, love, I, love I can do that. that. You can fly a helicopter? No, I can read. <laughs> I like Dysart's story though. His backstory. I, I would have wished we could learn the rest of their, like each of the characters we meet, why they're on the island. It, I think if you're going to want to get more in depth with the other people, the insiders, I think the outsiders can't be the the antagonist. I think there can't be outsiders. I think it's all got to be in the camp and there's got to be somebody within the camp trying to, you know, take over. True. You know, it has to be all encompassed in that camp. That would so, make more sense. Yeah. So the character of Merrick would be somebody who's who's just like them. Not it doesn't have all the crap in his face, but wants to be in charge. So he's sowing the seeds of dissension. Yeah. That would make more sense and would would play to you what you're saying is you would learn more about all the characters that way rather than just having this outside antagonistic force that is just going to all they want to do is come in here and take over like and and I don't even know why they want to uh, take the camp. I don't get it. They want to eat everybody? Is that what no, it I is? Never, I didn't get that either. Like they want to live on the nicer. they want to live on the shore, but they got the little castle and they keep getting I, the drops. Exactly. So they're getting supplies. I don't know why they want to take them over. I don't know why. Do you want what they have? Start farming. Yeah. Like guess what? If we take over, you got to farm. Yeah. You uh, morons who I, can't farm. I you can't even read. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And then, <laughs> and we haven't even talked about the mole that's in their camp that like when he, he rescues, saves, Robin. Re, saves Robbins. I forgot about that guy. Um, and he's like, why are you doing this redemption? Well, what's the redemption? What's the story? Eight years ago, here was my murder story. Yeah. I gave father the scar. Like, tell me what it is. The, I think that's why, as I'm watching this, this would make a better show because each episode you could also flash back to maybe sure. why each person was in there. Because I'm curious about what these people did and what the why they're what they're trying to make up for. Like I like Dysart's story of like he was an inventor, he was really good with stuff, and he made that bomb. Mm -hmm. And I like that he doesn't want to go. I can't go. I deserve to be here. I like that realization. But also, King, how's he escaping from all these prisons? I, I mean, don't know. no offense. Yeah, McNeese, but you're not some big time prison break expert. I sent you the, uh, the I sent you the, the video. video game? There's a video yeah. game that's out for Sega Genesis and uh, Super Nintendo. Uh, did, did would you? It looks like Contra. Yeah, I thought it yeah. was just a complete ripoff, like yeah. a reskin. Yeah. I play it. I, I tried to want. I tried to find a if I could play it online. I couldn't. Uh, did you try the retro game CZ website? Don't do it in the middle of the podcast. Absolutely not. I would never do You're that. You're doing it right now. I'm, I'm, All right. Well, I'm fine. While you do that, I will read. Uh, <laughs> while you do that, I will read this review from Roger Ebert, and hopefully you're paying attention. It's a long one, so here we go. Oof. No escape. Obviously absorbed the filmmakers at the technical level, and it is fun to look at its sets and costumes. Little thought has been given to the personalities of the characters. <laughs> who recite pseudo meaningful insights between fight scenes. It's all what we have been saying. Nor is the big picture ever explained. I still don't know how the prison made money, why it had to be secret, or why some prisoners were exiled to the island. Mm -hmm. Even the big secret, who is the traitor spy, was easy to guess. Once you understand that in all movies where groups of men live together, it is always the fat one who cannot be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Hold on. That's not true for, uh, uh, that's not true for Lord of the Flies. <laughs> but uh, but honestly, he uh, all this stuff is pretty much what we just said. I absolutely agree. Yeah, I mean, which we don't often agree with a lot of times with the with the with the critics, but that's pretty much what we said. I, mean, I still like it, but he is right. The sets yeah. the sets are awesome. Like the village set was really cool. Mm -hmm. I did like the look of that. Even the 
even though it looks like too old, it looks like the 80s futuristic stuff. The prison colony, the actual prison was cool. Oh, the sets look great. But I do like, he is right, which I never really thought about it. How is it a for, what are they doing to make it a for-profit prison? Although usually prisons get paid by the state or governments that they're shipping their prisons for. Mm -hmm. But also in the middle of the desert, maybe they're pumping oil. Well, you could have a scene where the warden is telling them that, you know, maybe their prison is only able to carry 600 people. But they don't know that. And the warden is telling them, oh, we have 900. Like, you know, that's, like that. that's yeah. something he could be doing. Yeah. So you're right. There, uh, there's, there needs to be more stuff in, in this movie. Very much similar to what we just talked about the whole entire podcast. Um, but yeah. So, well, why don't we talk about why we think it's forgotten? <laughs> Can't get it anywhere. Well, that's one thing. I had Can't to get it anywhere. I had to obtain this film by reasons I will not say. I watched it on YouTube. I was looking enough to find a YouTube <clears throat> just copy on it. I believe it was one of the foreign copies. It'll be shut it was down called soon. No Escape from Absalom was the title yeah. on the film, but um, it just happened to have the whole movie. And I was like, score. <laughs> yeah, you can't get it anywhere. Score. And it's not like it was not, it was a major motion picture published by an actual publisher, a distributor. Well, this is 94. Um, not to cut you off. And we can't find movies from the 90s. Happening. Well, that's not true. I hear what you're saying, but. We just talked about how 93 had Jurassic Park. This is the same year as True Lies. And we were doing True Lies quotes, quotes for like the last five minutes before we started this podcast. I won't do them now. <laughs> but I still like this movie. I still like the it's action. Enjoyable. I still like some of the dialogue. There's some funny stuff here yeah. uh, in terms of like little quips back and forth. I... I don't have, I didn't have... I mean, I know we're like not nitpicking, but we're, we're, we're kind of going through it a little bit, but... I still, this is still an enjoyable watch and it's still like a Saturday night watch kind of thing. Like I'm bad, still yeah. in on this film immensely, but I think one of the, probably one thing that hampered this film is the budget. It only had $20 million to work with. And you know, I, a lot of that probably went into the sets mm -hmm. and they just couldn't, you know, they still had to pay actors. So I mean, they didn't have like a budget, like a true lies. So it could look like, you know, like what, like you talked about how it looks little older right. maybe that's just what stock they're using just where they had to kind of cut corners sure and that's and i'm fine with that uh, quite honestly because i want to know what it, if, if on screen works if the story works for me the look of the film and my buddy adrian's gonna hate always hates that i say this but it it really doesn't matter what it looks like if you love the story i mean that's true for a lot of films that's yeah but when the story doesn't really kind of knock it out of the park and i'm talking about like really great stories not like mediocre stories. I'm talking really great stories. When the story doesn't knock it out of the park, uh, then things start kind of, you start noticing things. You start noticing how it looks a little older. It maybe didn't hold up. Right. The other thing yeah. to remember too, Butler, is I don't think this is, this ever had a Blu-ray release. This is this is still a DVD copy. Oh, sure. So I we're just, probably still dealing with 720 here. It's not that. It's just that it looks, you, it might be the film stock that you said. Mm -hmm. It looks like it was filmed in 1984. It just has the look of a 1980s film. And that's also part of, I think, the design of what, like, the futuristic design part mm -hmm. as well. So what did you say that, not to cut you off, what did you say that this movie was called when you watched it? I believe it was called No Escape from Absalom. No Escape or Escape from Absalom. Maybe Escape from okay. Absalom. Okay. Yeah. So you could have watched a version that was an Australian version. It's possible. There were no or, subtitles and everything was in English. Hang on. Okay. So everything was in English? Yep. So then it wasn't probably from the Netherlands. So it's probably Australian. That's probably you probably watched an Australian version on Facebook on, excuse me, on YouTube. Uh, we didn't need that. <laughs> Did not need that at all. But I, I so I, I think that 
maybe this movie is forgotten because it's not getting a lot of love like 90s films. It doesn't hold up look wise, maybe. But I don't think this like I think this is definitely a film that I would recommend to people that are looking for a 90s action film. I'm not, glad I know, watched yeah. it. I never heard of it. Right. No, it's 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 still a decent flick. And and we haven't even talked about, you know, Lance Henriksen's good. Lance Henriksen's always good. And he's really good in this movie. Lance Henriksen. I think Merrick, Stuart Wilson as Merrick is is there's no he's got a nice chemistry. He brings a little bit of cheese to the villain. Sure. And I, I think that's kind of necessary when you have someone like Robbins, who's kind of really dour and kind of insular. He's also well. like no nonsense, leave me alone. I don't want to be part of anything. Yeah. I don't want to be part of anything. And the the I don't have any problem with any of the actors in this film. Uh, our only issue, my only issue with Casey is the way he's written, not the way Kevin Dillon performed it, but the way he's written. I have, but other than that, I have no problems with them, with, with any of the actors in the film. I think sure. there's everyone's solid. Everyone's doing a good job, you know, and it's, it, I think it's just one of those films that it's not good enough to outlast the other films that are around this time. Sure. You know, it's not as good as True Lies or Jurassic Park or Speed, which is 96. It's not as good as the 90s. Yep. The, you know, so it's not really, a level, maybe it's like C level in terms of exposure. And even talk about sci-fi, you've got like some of this stuff reminds me of Total Recall. Yeah. Some of it reminds me of Waterworld, which I mean everybody decries Waterworld, but it's Waterworld's so not a bad film. It's okay. Yeah. It's not a it's, it's not as bad as it's not says, a bad film. But everyone hates it so much that it's like famously bad. <sighs> That's just because but of the I production. Think, but that like adds into that people know it. Right. And then this film has so many similarities to those other films that were a little bit bigger and better. Right. Yeah. Water, Waterworld has nice action pieces. And quite frankly, if I'm ever going to let a flare, I'm going to do it off my chest like he does. So <laughs> I don't understand why there's anything wrong with Waterworld. But anyways, I understand what you're saying. I think that if the sci-fi channel was still around, which sucks that it's not, but if the sci-fi channel was still around, No Escape would play on there as their Saturday movie. And it might, sure. like, that's the, type, that's the thing, like, these TV, these uh, channels, these networks that have gone. But these networks are responsible for keeping a lot of these films in the pop culture. Sure, yeah. So a absolutely. movie like No Escape, a '90s film, would play. Would if sci-fi was on, it would play constantly, and people would. Still, oh man, I never saw this. Yeah, Ray I would watch this on Sci-Fi right. or TBS or something. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's unfortunate, but that's probably another reason why this film and many other films you don't like. How many times have we, when we were growing up, or we obviously grew up at different times, but still, I think it still holds true where we would catch a film on TV or on one of the movie on the old channels. Oh yeah. And be like, Oh man, what the hell is this? I've never seen this. And then you'd go and try to find it. Cause you wanted to obviously watch the unrated version, the version that wasn't cut on TV. Yeah. yeah. You'd go to like Tommy so, K's video. Exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah. But like, that's not, that's not around anymore. And, yeah. and, and, and not to go down, I'm not going to go down the avenue of the streamers again, but you know, the algorithm controls what you see and you, and you're never really, you it's know, tough you, to find the old films right. that seem to be forgotten. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely recommend this film. I definitely like this film, regardless of what we said, it's still, a, it's still a decent flick. Um, so yeah, no escape, check it out. If you can ever find it anywhere. I wonder if I have this on DVD. I don't though. Cause I would have looked. <laughs> check the, uh, check that YouTube stream before they cut it off. Or if you want to know how I got it, just, you know, DM me, give me a call. I'll let you know how it works. <laughs> uh, Mike, where can they find us? You can find us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Uh, while you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and videos we have there for your enjoyment. Uh, you can also find us on any of the other podcast streamers. We talk about Spotify, Google Play, you're on YouTube, we're, we're everywhere. Go find us, rate us, review us, all that good stuff <laughs> to help our podcast grow. Tell your friends about us. Uh, honestly just play this play this episode in silence a thousand times give us some extra views that'd be nice nice
All right. So next week we're going to change it up a little bit. We are not, I mean, this is probably our first drama, drama, romance, drama, relationship drama that we're doing next week. 2011 crazy, stupid love with uh, Ryan Gosling, Steve Carell, Emma Stone, Julianne Moore, Kevin Bacon. And, uh, and many, many, I forgot more. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Kevin, you know, I, I actually, I don't know who picked this movie, but I do like this film. Uh, I think I did. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's a good movie. I, I enjoy this one. So we're doing that next week. Crazy, stupid love. Um, and yeah, so everyone have a great rest of the week. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Attention, Nerdy Knights. Join Flo, Anders, and me, Colleen, at the Well-Rounded Table for Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. From that Star Wars galaxy far, far away to Outlander Scottish Highlands, we consume it all. Listen along with us each week as we explore the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.